You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. Happy hump day. I feel like it's been forever since Liz and I have been together. Uh I had a little bit of COVID exposure. All good. No one has it. You know, just the usual this time. It's 2021. Nothing's changed. Um, So today we are going to dive into rules we live by. So we've been having a lot of conversations with clients this week. And because of how much we're kind of seeing this pop up with, you know, just frustrations or anxieties or concerns around a lot of things, we decided we needed to make a podcast on it. Because I think if, you know, as many people that we've talked to this morning even um, have, this has been a conversation, um, then I think that a lot of people are probably going through this. And what we mean by this is, what rules do you live by in terms of what food choices you make, what you think about yourself, what you think, you know, certain things like exercise should look like, you know, the whole thing of should. We talk about how we hate the word should, but something that we mention a lot to our clients is everything we believe has been learned. Not, I promise you, my two-year-old did not wake up this morning being worried about the blueberry muffins he was going to eat that I gave him in the car and how many carbs and sugar they had. Okay, yeah. he, he was worried about the fact that they were delicious and he was hungry and he was going to eat them. And to be honest, I gave him too many blueberry muffins. He ate one and handed me the Ziploc bag back and he was like, all done. And so like the things that we learned about how much food we should eat, the types of food we should eat, you know, when we should eat, all of these things, guys, are learned behaviors. And the problem with them is... We don't listen to our body anymore. Yep. And we don't do what's right for us ultimately and what can make us happy. Yeah. And it, it's it's like we were talking this morning and having the conversation. And Becca and I have had this conversation just privately between the two of us for a long time around, you know, kind of our beliefs and like the pros and cons of tracking or trying to look at meal plans or, you know, being told what to eat, how much to eat and things like that because On one end of the spectrum, if you're not in a great place and you don't understand food, it can be helpful. They can be tools to teach you and give you education. On the other hand, if you are trying to restrict yourself to only consume a certain amount of calories and you're hungry all the time, you're no longer listening to your body and the cues that it's sending you that it needs nourishment, right? We, we talk a lot with clients about stress eating, emotional eating, cravings, and all of these things. And a lot of times it comes back to the fact that we're, you know, eating unbalanced foods. We're not, you know, listening to our bodies and eating adequate nutrition between protein, carbs, and fats and keeping our blood sugar stable. And so for anybody, it's natural that you want to dive into the chocolate chip cookie jar at 6 or 7 p.m. or 2 or 3 in the afternoon, let's say, if you haven't eaten adequately throughout the day. And so it's a double-edged sword, right? And this is what we kind of want to talk about is you've got to be able to find that balance and what's right for you. And yes, in certain seasons and certain time periods, it's normal to feel some hunger cues if you're in totally. a cut phase, right? But for a lot of people who have tracked for so long, we have clients that, you know, they were told 21, 2200 calories and that wasn't enough for them. They were mm-hmm. hungrier than that, yeah. you know, but they've been pretty much kind of suppressing all of the natural 
signals from their body for years because they're trying to inflict a certain aesthetic look that they've lost touch with what they actually need. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so like we wanted to give you guys some examples so you could understand what we mean. So I want you to think about, have you ever, you know, eaten a meal at 9am and then at 1030 you were hungry? But you're like, well, how could, I, how could I be hungry? I just ate an hour and a half ago. It's not right for me to be hungry. Like we almost demonize hunger. Mm-hmm. It's like you shouldn't feel hunger. Hunger, Or people look for feeling hunger and say like, this is a good thing. If I'm hungry, I'm burning. I remember like back in like my college days, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I'm hungry, I'm burning body fat because I'm hungry. Yeah. No, I wasn't fucking burning body fat. Like that's not how it works. But a lot of people demonize this hunger feeling because they're like, well, I shouldn't be hungry. I just ate. Well, maybe you didn't eat enough or maybe, you know, for whatever reason, your body's needs are heightened today Mm -hmm. and it needs more calories than it normally needs. Or you weren't satisfied by that meal. Maybe you decided that you needed an egg white omelet with, you know, a a half a cup of strawberries. And so you're starving an hour and a half later because you weren't, none of that was truly satisfying to you. Mm -hmm. Like you needed flavor and there wasn't enough flavor there or whatever it might be. And so another example is like people think that you shouldn't eat carbs at night. Or for people that think fasting is necessary that you you can't eat until noon. Like you can't eat anything before noon because if you do, it's bad for you. Like where did these thoughts come from? Where did this, you know, pre-existing belief system around what's right and wrong with food come from? And we want you to challenge it because yeah. hunger is a very important cue from your body that should not be ignored. Especially if you're in a high stress time or you're not sleeping well or, you know, there's different seasons too, depending upon like your menstrual cycle, what <laughs> phase you're in in your menstrual cycle. You know, I know for me, even on some of my training days, if I do a hard conditioning workout, I'm freaking hungry all day long, right? Mm-hmm. My metabolism was revved up. I'm burning. I'm, you know, going through the recovery process because, you know, one of my favorite things is, and I see this a lot in, in the gym is where people are like, well, my Apple watch told me I only burned 240 calories. So I got to sit here and do cardio for another 60 calories so that I can hit this like minimum calorie burn. Yet <laughs> you don't realize how much you're burning after your workout, 24 to 48 hours after just going through the repair process, especially if you're lifting heavy. And so, you know, then we go into like certain foods are bad. Fruit is bad for you, right? Bananas are the devil. You can never have that. You know, you can have only strawberries and, you know, citrus and, you know, then demonize uh, other things such as, you know, protein, for example, Mm -hmm. avoid steak. You should reduce your consumption of red meat in certain scenarios. Okay, sure. But what people fail to understand and recognize is that these signs and these symptoms and these cravings that you're experiencing are likely because we're deficient or we're not getting enough of the nutrients from fruits, you know, with fiber, vitamins, and minerals from, you know, red meat, for example. It's got a lot of different um, nutrients in it, including great B vitamins and zinc. And we want, you know, to make sure that we have a wide variety of food so that we're getting those micronutrients in. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for those of you who are going to ask like, well, doesn't my greens powder, you know, account for my vegetable consumption? No, it doesn't. It no. can support in certain scenarios, totally. but it it's not replacing a diet. it. It's not replacing <laughs> Absolutely. it. And so like, you know, if you're worried about sweets or sugar or carbs, like Liz and I always try to live within the rule of one, are you giving your body mostly nourishing foods? Like that's, we're not going to say that's not important. You should be eating the majority of your foods being productive for your body in terms it's providing nutrients. It's dividing might not, I'm sorry, nutrients, minerals, vitamins, proper calorie intake. Like food needs to be that, you know, above all else. Quality of food is extremely important. And we can take another, you know, podcast to explain why quality of food is so important, but quality of food's important. Number two, 
are you satisfied by your food? Like, do you enjoy the food that you're eating? Or are you simply eating four ounces of chicken, a cup of broccoli, and half a cup of rice for every meal? Because that's what someone told you is going to be the key to your weight loss. Like, are you actually enjoying the food that you're making? And if you don't love cooking, maybe it's because you aren't cooking things you like to eat. Like, I, I would challenge you to start focusing on, is your food bringing you satisfaction? Because I'll be honest, like, not every meal that I eat is like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever put in my mouth. But like, you need to have some level of satisfaction with your food, at least on occasion, or else you are going to fall into that, you know, satisfaction is going to need to be found somewhere. And a lot of times it can be found in binge eating when we're restricting too much. And the last thing is what f- food you're eating and the amounts of it making you feel good. Because although we want you to have balance, having balance isn't eating 10 chocolate chip cookies because you wanted 10 chocolate chip right. cookies. Like that's going to make you sick to your stomach. It's not going to be very good for you. So like those three things are the things that we live by. Are you providing mostly nourishment to your body? Is what you're eating making you feel good? And then, you know, are you having this ability to comprehend like the moderation amount that's right for your body and you know for your needs in that time of your life like we need to address these things and if that's there who says you can't have a freaking cookie who says you can't have a brownie like every night who says that because here's the thing no one is perfect and no one is going to live by this like very restrictive i only have like 10 foods that i can eat because these are the air quote here, perfect foods that are going to get me to my goal forever, right? And most of the time that we see people come off of a diet and regain all the weight back, it's because they weren't satisfied. They didn't Mm -hmm. enjoy the foods that they were consuming. And so therefore, it's not something they are going to sustain. Totally. Because you're going to swing the pendulum the opposite way. We talk about this all the time. And the flip side of this, though, is getting to a place where you can understand nutrition in a way that you understand how it serves your body, what makes you feel good, what makes you doesn't, or what doesn't make you feel good, or maybe what that threshold is for this moderation, because I do think that's different for everybody, right? And in certain seasons, we have to look at, you know, where do we draw the line in the sand? And we say like, this isn't the time, this isn't the season, because I'm either, you know, working on removing inflammation from my body, clearing out my liver, like just really dialing things in from a health perspective, type two diabetes, insulin resistance, those things, or you're in a cut phase. Yep. But at the same time, that's why we don't keep clients in cut phases for longer than two to three weeks because you need that mental break. Mm-hmm. You need that ability to be able to moderate certain things or have, let's say, you know, a small chocolate chip cookie without face planting into the entire jar because now we remove the guilt and mm-hmm. we remove the shame around it and we understand that eating five or 10 chocolate chip cookies isn't going to make me feel great. So I'm much more likely to just consume the one, enjoy it, savor it and move on. And this takes time, guys. Like this does not happen overnight. This is something we work very hard with a lot of our clients on because these belief systems that you have around what is right or wrong to eat, what the, you know, the rules on when you should eat and the size of your meals should be and the timing between your meals and all of these things. This is from a long time. Like these didn't happen in the last three to six months. You've probably developed these beliefs over the past decades. And so it's going to take a little while to fix them. It's going to take a little while to challenge them and truly break them down and be able to build new belief systems. But another area that we see this in is self-care, especially for Mm -hmm. women. Like maybe this is just me with my relationship, but like my husband, I think, has zero guilt going golfing if he wants to go golfing. I was thinking about him the other day. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is golfing. I was cleaning the kitchen and I was like, God bless Becca's soul because she just lets Nick like frolic Well, he about. loves golfing. He does he love lo- He does love golfing. But and he's so, like, for hours. He'll, yeah, that's the only thing I hate about golfing. It's like, it's a, like, well, here's the thing. I don't know if it's actually five hours that day. Maybe it was only three hours, but because it only took three hours that day, he decided to sit around with his friends and drink. Who knows? But anyways, my point is for men, and maybe it's just my husband that's great at this and he has great balance and he's an amazing father when he's, you know, there with Carson and he feels fine taking that time for himself. As females, we don't feel okay. Like I feel bad taking 30 minutes to go work out or something or 60 minutes to go get my nails done, but men don't seem to have this same feeling. And, you know, maybe you do. I don't know. But, like, it doesn't seem like it to me, from my experience at least. And for self-care, we feel like, you know, it has to look a certain way. Or we have guilt around it as mothers, as working mothers, as working women. Like, that, you know, you have to work hard and you have to put all, you know, the grind. We talk about the grind a lot. And I think that's its time and place. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we need time to decompress. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest problems with our society today that Liz and I have with our clients is stress. And you cannot manage stress unless you take breaks from it. And self-care is a great way to take a break from it. Yeah. I think it's really important because, you know, as moms, as entrepreneurs, or, you know, whatever the roles are that you have in your life, you probably have a lot of things on your plate. And this year, particularly, I was listening to a podcast this morning, actually, that was talking about the depression rates and that Mm -hmm. in just one year, the depression has, the depression has gone up by fourfold. Okay. So 400% times what it was one year ago. It's so sad. It's extremely sad. And a lot of times when we talk to women, it's for them because they're putting themselves last, right? Or they're not even on the burner. It's always mm-hmm. their kids, their husband, and them. You know, where we talk about it needs to be you first, and then it needs to be your husband, and then it needs to be your kids. Because if you don't take that time for yourself, anybody would feel, you know, extremely overwhelmed depressed, sad, because there's no joy inputs coming in, right? You're not Mm -hmm. doing anything to take care of yourself. And for a long time, you know, I, I look at my schedule and I would say, okay, like my workout is my time. But then I started to realize like that was the only thing that I was doing. And there's other things that make me feel good, like sitting and reading or watching a movie with my husband or like really just doing things that don't require cell phones, technology. It could be hanging out with my niece or going getting my nails done, right? And if there's not at least one to two hours of that particular like fun time for me a week, I, I don't feel my best. I don't totally. feel like I perform my best. I feel like I start to resent things. I feel like mm-hmm. I start to, you know, feel like more run down emotionally. And so, you know, this is kind of coming from a podcast that I listened to with um, Rachel Hollis. She was talking about how she would color code her day. What was it? Was it meetings? Was it things that like she absolutely had to be in? Was it things that she could have delegated? Like where was she spending her time truly? And she recognized there was nothing on her calendar that was just something that brings her joy or just something for her, whether it was getting her hair done or her nails done or whatever. And I, I mean, this was her example that she gave from years ago. But I, I think about these things too, because little things like getting my nails done, I have a tremendous around uh, guilt around that. Oh yeah. Because I feel like I'm taking time off work mm-hmm. because I, if I don't take the hour 
in the work week, then that means I'm taking the hour on the weekend and then I'm, you know, asking art to keep Marcus and I'm missing time with him. And it's like this spiral effect. But at the end of the day, something as little as going across the street to get my nails done for 45 minutes, I realize it makes me feel prettier. It makes me feel happier. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel, you know, like I've pampered myself in a way. And I'm not somebody that does a lot of like massages or pedicures and stuff often, but I do think it's important for whatever it is in your life that brings you joy to set aside time, look at your schedule. Maybe it's only one hour a week, start there, start small, but find something that is bringing you joy, you know, go sledding with your kids or, you know, go to the park and go swing. I don't know what that is for certain people, but we need to be doing things that allow us to step away from the stress of life and just be present in the moment and appreciate the time that we do have. Because, you know, we work with a lot of clients and unfortunately this year, there's been a lot of our clients who have lost individuals, you know, and it it makes you recognize every day is a gift. And if we're not doing something every day that makes us happy and brings us joy, like what are we living for? Yeah. And this doesn't, you guys, like Liz was saying, this doesn't have to be a massage every day or like you go out and spend two hours with your girlfriends. Like, sure, it can look like that, but it can also look like just taking 30 minutes and like (laughs) sitting and scrolling Instagram. If you need that mental break from your kids or from work or whatever it is, like I am, I, I ask Nick on the weekends and like often on the weeknights, I'm like, Hey, can you just take him for 20 minutes? I'm going to go take a shower or like, I'm going to go do whatever I need to do. Cause I just sometimes need less input. Like that is okay as a mom, as a, you know, working wife, whatever it looks like, like you have to have that time for you. You have to, because it becomes a burden. It becomes a constant burden that we cannot hold. Like Liz was saying, I feel extremely overwhelmed when I don't take that time. Like mm-hmm. I, I find, I feel the the overwhelm mount. Like it continues to mount over and over until like I just kind of snap. I, I usually end up with like, you know, some type of breakdown of some sort where I'm like just having high levels of anxiety. I, I reach like a my heart's beating super fast. Like I serious levels of stress and anxiety, and it's very easy to get that place if you never give yourself that decompression time, even if it feels like you don't have the time. I promise you the time will pass either way. Work will still be there. Your family will still be there. Like you have to take that time. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we want to talk about is a lot of times we have rules or standards that are existing in our mind about how we should look. Mm-hmm. And this could stem from maybe how you used to look pre-children, maybe, you know, someone you always see all the time that you're constantly comparing to maybe an environment like I know for me I had to leave the CrossFit community like when I was done competing I still followed a lot of people I was friends with a lot of people that were all that were still competing at that time after I had had Carson and I was kind of done competing and all I felt was inadequate like there was no positive to it like I enjoyed and it's not like these people were purposefully making me feel inadequate it was simply the fact that I was making myself feel that way because all these people had washboard abs and they had you know, super strong weightlifting and just everything that I didn't have anymore. Um, And then honestly, when I did have them, I had extremely disordered eating and an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. And so we somehow create in our minds, like, this is how I should look. Mm -hmm. And if I don't look this way, I can't be happy. Yeah. I think social media plays a huge role in this too, because, you know, I think people have to recognize social media is pretty much a highlight reel, right? <laughs> like, except for a couple of my good friends that I follow and, and they're hysterical and they have literally posted 
videos of them taking the poop out of the bathtub from their child, you know, <laughs> shitting in the tub. And it's like, it, I appreciate those little things. And I share different things, you know, about Marcus, but most of them are pretty much highlights, right? Like, I'm not showing you his temper tantrums in the, you know, middle of the living room that we've had for the fourth time this morning or the four times that I mopped our floor yesterday from him spilling water everywhere, you know, just like those frustrating moments. And I think the same thing goes with, you know, photography on social media or what people are posting or what they're sharing. And you often find yourself kind of comparing to, you know, what that person is doing or how they look and think that you should be, you know, looking just like them. It could be also in your gym environment. It could be, you know, in your work environment. You know, some people work in very competitive work environments. And so this is just something that we always tell our clients, like, if you are finding yourself having negative thoughts about yourself and lower self-esteem, lower self-confidence, then maybe it's time to take a break from social media. Then maybe yeah. it's time to, you know, set some boundaries. If you have friends in your life that they just drain you of all of your energy or they're, you know, constantly flaunting their physique and talking about their diet and all these things that they do to get, you know, looking so good, then maybe you just need to set some boundaries and, and, decipher what is serving you and your life and your happiness to what is actually now becoming more stressful and hindering you and pulling you back because a lot of the journey is mental and emotional right it's not all just the physical <laughs> side of things we look at people who have you know really poor relationships with food maybe there's you know binge eating maybe there's purging maybe there's emotional eating and they just feel like they can't ever like keep it together and then they try to follow these really restrictive diets and that makes the eating disorder worse at times you know that's why we focus so much on the mindset side and really breaking through some of these limiting beliefs breaking down some of these rules that we have mm -hmm. like we just talked about like the food rules or you know society's expectation that you should work out for two, three hours a day because, you know, that's what it takes in order for you to get to a place, you know, of being a size two or the abs that you want. When in reality, a lot of those things can really backfire mm -hmm. to your Absolutely. health, right? To your stress levels. You can start gaining weight. Like it can go the opposite way too, but more importantly to your happiness and to that internal dialogue that you have with yourself each and every day. And so that brings us to kind of our final thing here, which is around rest days. Here's what bothers me about rest days. People are like, well, should I eat less since I'm not working out? No. One, you're probably hungrier on your rest days because on our workout days, we have a period of the day where we're likely stressed. Leading into your workout when you're nervous, you don't want to eat too much before your workout, obviously. During your workout, obviously, you're not going to be hungry. After your workout, you're probably not super hungry because your stress levels are still a little bit high. And so you have a good chunk of your day where you're not as hungry. On your rest days, you one, have more time because you're not exercising that day. So that's probably like a one to two hour chunk that like you're not occupied. Two, you're probably less stressed because you're not exercising. And so your hunger levels actually escalate on those days a lot of time because your body's able to get more into that parasympathetic state. And so you actually find yourself hungrier on those days. But so many people feel guilt around that and feel like, well, I'm not burning as many calories those days, so I shouldn't eat as more. Well, guess what happens on your rest days? Your muscles and your body recover and rebuild themselves so that they can become stronger. And if you don't support that process, they aren't able to do it very well. And so we have to eat as much on our rest days. And if you're hungrier, eat a little bit more. It's not the end of the world. We talk about kind of the rule of averages a lot. Like this is why a day slip up or a, a meal that you overconsumed that you didn't mean to overconsume, like those do not matter. The averages matter. The averages always win out. So you cannot deprive yourself because you think that you shouldn't eat as much. Like I've had to really kind of 
revisit how I feel about my Apple Watch some days because it's always like you're a little low on activity for the day because, you know, like compared to your normal, you should probably get up and move. I'm like, no, bitch, it's a rest day. I shouldn't get up and move because I'm trying to recover today. So I don't need you talking to me, Apple Watch. Thank you for your input. Okay. So we have to like, unfortunately, the devices, they're great. They can also drive very disordered behavior Mm -hmm. and you need to listen to your body. Yep. It has to. If you don't listen now, it's going to eventually start screaming, right? Like there, there's that great quote. Like if you don't listen when it talks, um, it's going to start screaming. And that's where we start to see injuries occur. You know, you tear a muscle, you strain your back, you, you know, are sore for days, can't sit on the toilet. Like no one should be living that way. And no mm-hmm. one should need to train that intensely, no matter what your goals are, unless you're, you know, trying to go for the CrossFit games, um, <laughs> you know, and you're in your final uh, peak for training. Like you shouldn't be feeling that way. And rest days honestly are almost more important than your workout days. Your recovery is so much, you know, undervalued in the society today because all you see is people on Instagram, like crushing themselves in the gym and how many calories they burn and how many steps that they walked. But what serves you in the program that you're in? And if you're following a progressive strength training program, you should have rest days built in. Like we have deload weeks, we have rest days that are built in. And all we simply tell clients to do is do some, you know, mobility or some stretching maybe go for a walk like 30 to 45 minute walk if you need to fill that time if you still want to move your body walking is great because it's not adding more stress to the situation so Mm -hmm. a couple of things you know that we kind of want to round this out with as far as like tips number one question and challenge things challenge everything be curious you know we have a podcast Mm -hmm. just around you know being curious because People out there are going to try to sell you shake supplements. They're going to try to sell you, you know, detoxes when they don't know anything about the detoxification process in the body, first of all. Uh, But they're going to try to sell you on these plans and just do this. And oh, if you just follow keto, you know, you can drop weight just like me. They don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your lifestyle, your training (laughs) program, your relationship with food, your health, anything. And you've got to understand why you're doing what you're doing and know that it's right for you. That's a large part of why we share with our clients. Here's where we're starting, Mm -hmm. you know, and giving them the education and helping them understand how even some of the smallest changes can make some huge changes for them, right? Like how they feel and impacts and be aware of your thoughts. Like what is the internal dialogue that's going on throughout the day? Mm -hmm. This is something that we work a ton with and I've had to work personally on a lot is like, what thoughts am I having about myself, about my body, about food? You know, when I see myself in the mirror, like, is it an automatic triggering thought of you look fat, your stomach's gross? Like, I know that these seem crazy, but I know people out there have very, very harmful and mean thoughts about their body. I used to have a lot of them. Um, And being aware of those thoughts and when they happen and where they're stemming from, like, why have I always hated my stomach? I've, it's something that I always, and so like I've had to shift that into this body has done amazing things for me. It has worked so hard for me. It has gotten me through so much physically, mentally. It's accomplished so much. And I am so proud of this body. Even if every day I don't feel amazing in my skin, I still pay respect to the body that has taken me through everything in this life. And we need to understand that like, just because you don't have a flat stomach and a big ass does not mean that you are not worthy, does not mean that you, you know, aren't successful or capable. Like those things do not define you. They do not. I have never described any of my friends as like, 
the the big ass girl or the flat stomach girl. You you don't talk about me as your big butt friend. <laughs> I I'm do joke all the time that Liz is extremely photogenic and I'm very jealous of her because she's like my sister my sister was like yeah I actually noticed that because I was talking to my sister about it one time I was like Liz just looks like really good in all the pictures we take and Julie was like I did notice that she's like really photogenic and I was like I know like I don't I- just, just wait till you see me walk in my gym at 5 13 in the morning I look like a whole like a ghost face my hair is on top of my head it's a disaster no I'm joking about that because Becca and I always have talked about like my I'm shorter than her and yes. I have a bigger butt than her. And so in some of our photos, you could totally tell. Like it's I was looking at some we got this morning. There was one angle that I was like, oh, that's definitely not a great you know, <laughs> angle, angle for, for, for my booty. But um, no, in all seriousness, I, I do agree 100% there, right? Like we often say things to ourselves that we would never say to totally. any of our friends. Totally. You know, like I look at parts of my body when I was 13 and I had children's RA, I grew really fast. I have stretch marks. I'm always going to have stretch marks, you know, um, on my arms, on my chest and my thighs. Like that's just what it is. But here's the thing that I think about now is gosh, I'm so happy that I'm not debilitated the way that I was when I was 13 and that I've learned to, you know, live a healthy lifestyle and be able to go to the gym and strength train and feel strong and, you know, carry my baby around and like have this mobility that I do rather than just hating on my skin all the time and in wishing that things were different. Like I had to go through that period of my life to learn a lot of lessons that have been very valuable to me, you know, Mm -hmm. to this day. And so, you know, rather than looking at all of the negative, like let's find the positive, you know, you may not love your body right now, but I, I have said this before. You can be so thankful for the capabilities that you have, right. That you can, you know, text on your phone and communicate with other people that you can, um, you know, go for a walk with your kids or with your dog, right. You have that ability. And, and sometimes when we ask our clients, like, I want you to think about why this is important to you. Like we talk about walking a lot, right. How many steps are we getting? Are we moving? Like, why do you want to walk? Well, I want to walk because when I'm 60 or 7 years old, I want to walk, right? When I'm old, I want my body to still be my vessel that's carrying me through life and giving me opportunities to travel the world and ride my bike or walk on the beach. So think about it in a much different way rather than just what you see in the mirror and hating it yeah, and telling yourself how much you hate it. Absolutely. And the last thing I would say is challenge your hunger and your cravings and your you know what you're consuming in a day and your thoughts about it because a lot of people like we said think hunger is this like bad thing but in reality I've had to challenge this a lot like I ate breakfast an hour ago and I'm hungry again like I'm physically hungry again I have stomach pains I'm nauseous like I'm actually feeling hunger even though in my mind you know those pre-existing beliefs they pull up they're like you just ate an hour ago you shouldn't be hungry you had a meal at that time who cares? I'm hungry right now. Like eat again. Maybe I won't be as hungry tonight. Maybe I will. But like you have to challenge, is it, you know, is it boredom? Is it actual physical hunger? Do we need to eat again? Maybe we need to have a bigger meal at breakfast to keep us satiated longer. Maybe we need to switch that up. Experiment, 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 experiment. Evaluate Mm -hmm. and make adjustments. Yeah. Evaluate and reevaluate. What works? What doesn't work? Mm -hmm. How do I feel? If I change things up, like do I notice a difference? It's a constant evaluation. Becca was, and I were talking about this this morning. Like it's a constant evaluation of your day to day, but also week over week. Like what was I doing last week when I felt really good? And 
again, I'm going to preface this just with like an asterisk here is that sometimes in your cycle, right, you're going to have weeks where you maybe do just feel off or you feel a little more bloated or, you know, you just feel a little bit more tired because you're getting ready to start your cycle or maybe you're on your cycle. All those things with the hormonal shifts do play a role in that. But when I think about the last four to five years of my life at times that I've felt really, really good and really dialed in. Most of it was because I reduced the stress of trying to be perfect. And I just started listening to my body, doing my, you know, movement and my training without being excessive and trying to obsess over, you know, I got to get my watch to tell me that I burned 300 calories in this workout, or I have to get to the gym and do two a days, you know, or eat at 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. only or 1100 calories. Like when I got rid of all of that kind of like restriction and expectation is when my body finally started responding and I was able to heal, get my hormones to a good place. And now years later, I wouldn't trade any of that for, you know, the world because it allows me to just go through life, living this lifestyle and have this intuitive understanding of what works for me. And if I want to try things, because I've tried a lot, I've experimented with a lot. So has Becca, you know, I've tried keto, I've tried intermittent fasting, I've tried the bulletproof coffee and I I found what makes me feel good. And that's a balance and that's a balance Mm -hmm. in moderation and not forcing myself to hit a certain amount of calories a day if I'm not hungry, but also not restricting myself to a certain amount of calories if, you know, I'm hungry. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. I mean, like I found what got me to looking my absolute best, I would say best by like standard societal standards. I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. I had a horrible relationship with food. I was constantly restricting and binging like restricting for a very long time and having a massive binge that I felt awful and hated myself after. And I was still never happy. Like, did I look great? Did I, was I a size eight at my small, I was a size borderline six at my smallest. That's my body type and that's fine. Um, You know, what, what makes you happy may not correlate with what your, you think your body goals are. And that's where we need to address this. That's where we need to visit this. That's where we need to challenge things. So finishing this up, challenge things, question thoughts, be aware of thoughts, listen to your body more and think about this. There are no rules anymore. There are no rules. There is only what is best for you. Yep. Have a great day. We'll be back on Friday. Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, The more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. And leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.